A diagnosis of dyslexia can be a relief, but it's also the start of a long journey of identity as a dyslexic person. We're Nick and Sonia, and this is Dyslexia Journey, where we discuss topics to help you support the dyslexic kid in your life. All right, today we're going to tackle the topic of identity as a dyslexic. Now, this is obviously a topic with lots of different areas of discussion, lots of ramifications, and we're really, really only going to be able to scratch the surface today, but this is this is an important topic that we wanted to start covering. Um, as part of dyslexia journey. And again, this is this is really just the first of, of I'm sure, many episodes where we're going to be uh, delving into this. Hopefully sometimes with some other experts on too, who may have mm-hmm. some something to say about how all this plays in. So I think often the identity aspect as a dyslexic starts with diagnosis, um, you know, that it specifically is dyslexia. Um, and so that can feel like a relief, like maybe it's felt like something's wrong, but you don't know what, or, um, or, or like yeah. if, if a child has been feeling dumb in school, often, often they've been feeling stupid, like, oh, I just, I'm just not as smart as these other people. They can read already and I can't read or, or whatever. I think in that case, it, it often is a big relief to, to realize, um, and at least, the way that that our child was diagnosed, um, they were very clear about about really establishing that like this is a very specific brain difference disability that is not related to how smart you are. Like like you're still smart, you you are smart, but you, but you also have this learning disability. Right, which of course that starts to get into some of the nuances already, (laughs) right? Calling it a disability, but we'll get into that soon. Uh, And so the other important part, I think, is that, wow, it opens up this whole world of accommodations also, which is so Mm -hmm. important and essential. Um, People understanding more what's going on, like maybe the kid had a teacher who thought they just weren't paying attention or something Mm -hmm. like that. And now the teacher's going to understand, oh, this was going on. And um, so there's, there's a lot of like really relieving kind of things that come along, I think, with diagnosis. Um, On the other hand, and the identity aspect, you know, it's, you could think of it as a label, right? So, and when we talk about things as labels, that sort of maybe has more the negative connotation of what can happen, which is maybe um, feeling like, hopefully feeling not the thing like that they're dumb, but then maybe feeling like, well, what is this? And then taking on, Mm -hmm. you know, like, even using the word disability, like, what does that mean if I think of it as a disability? Um, and Well, and, and unfortunately, I think, um, sort of historically in, in society, the, the term dyslexic was not, does not necessarily have positive connotations, right? So, so taking that on as saying, like, I have been diagnosed with, the, with dyslexia. And so now um, our, our children are, have, have to, or are sort of faced with um, how to how to deal with that, mm-hmm. and, and so um, with obviously there's the benefits of of sort of realizing what is causing the problems with with reading and so on that can be a relief for people, but then but then you're faced with like oh now I have this 
um, this thing that isn't, it isn't going to go away. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, now, now I have to learn to live with this. And so that really gets into the identity aspects of this whole discussion. Right. And I wanted to just bring up the, the concept, the psychology concept of stereotype threat. And I'm going to read you the definition, but I'll talk about a little more what it is too especially for a dyslexic person. So stereotype threat is the performance diminishing apprehension of fulfilling an applicable negative ability related stereotype in the face of a challenging or frustrating task. So basically, I think it might help to actually talk about the kinds of studies they do for this to understand what that means. So for example, um, they've done it with lots of different people, women in the sciences, uh, racial minorities. And the idea is that if the person taking, let's say, a hard test is is made to be aware of of, um, a stereotype about part of their identity, you know, race or women in sciences or something like that, then it affects their performance on the test. And that's probably the simplest way of putting it, although it's much more complicated Mm -hmm. than that, really. Um, And so they've started studying this. I don't think there's a lot of conclusive evidence yet because there's a lot of interacting factors. Uh, but they've started studying this for dyslexic students because they're expecting that that will also be true. Um, you know, it's interesting because even in how they do the study, like sometimes what they'll do is just say the study is looking at this or this, like the study is looking at verbal skill, for example, they might say. Um, or they might say the study is actually looking at how you reason a problem or something. So then it doesn't feel as verbal, for example, and that'll affect the performance on the test because in one case, the stereotype of dyslexics not being as good at, let's say, language arts might get evoked versus not. Mm -hmm. So it's just something to keep in mind, I think. You know, this is a very specific kind of thing that they look at, you know, in academics especially. But I think it, it points to that idea that then it's like we can like be conscious of something that we're labeled as and then it can affect something like our performance yeah right? kind of that, like we're almost like living up to an expectation that's a little bit different than that actually it's not stereotype threat isn't exactly the same as that but no but it's a similar concept and so it, it's it's sort of in its simplest form and the idea is uh people who are diagnosed with dyslexia um it once they sort of then take on that identity as being dyslexic and, and they know that, oh, people with dyslexia are not good at reading. Like that's the sort of, that's what's commonly thought, right? Or, or not good at writing. And then when faced with a task that is explicitly reading or writing, they might, uh, rather than sort of rely, you know, fall back on their own strengths, they're going to, to remember like, oh, I'm not supposed to be good at this, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to see how that could negatively affect our kids. Well, in just a couple specific ways, it's, it's usually either by disengaging, so not trying as hard on the test, um, or or actually sometimes like spending a lot longer on a problem, which can sometimes mm, you know go well or not go well. Yeah. So those are some of the ways they've started to look at the in in terms of how it actually plays out. But the right. point overall point being that it affects someone psychologically. So that's sort of like talking about diagnosis some some of the pros but maybe some cons also with like potential labeling or starting to feel like stereotypes apply to to a person um i think though that there's also like a way in which um a dyslexic person can start to see much broader um, in a much broader way their identity too Mm -hmm. 
So in, in that case, you know, maybe you might think of things like neurodiversity and the idea that they're, they just interact with the world and learning in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been really helpful, I think, um, in the way that, that uh, our daughter has embraced this identity and that, that we've discussed it with her is emphasizing sort of worldwide neurodiversity. And so, um, you know, she, her, her brain is uh, different from peoples who, who don't have dyslexia, but it's different in, in ways that make some things harder, but that also make some things easier. For example, she has really strong visual spatial skills. And so um, we've really emphasized with her that um, not just the label of dyslexia, but the fact that she is a, um, a visual spatial learner. And so she's really embraced that as, as part of this whole identity. Right. So it's a, there's almost an aspect where the identity can be explored even um, in that way. And then I think also it starts to bring up, you know, ideas where you start to see that it's really like how an individual is interacting with their society, mm-hmm. which starts to get more into advocacy and that kind of thing. And I think that in that case, like students also are, you know, it, there can be a positive to that, right? I mean, it, there's a challenge to it because that's that's really difficult um, to feel like um, someone's atypical, like, and then there's a typical way things are run and that that has struggles associated with mm-hmm. it. it can be very difficult and challenging. On the other hand, it can, it can lead maybe to some early, like, I feel like our daughter, especially like she pretty early became quite assertive mm-hmm. about accommodations and that's mm-hmm. like helped her overall assertiveness. And so there can be some positives in terms of resilient things like resilience and assertiveness and all that kind of thing as well. Yeah. And I think it's really can be helpful for society at large to have um, people who have different learning styles and different strengths and weaknesses to be advocating for accommodations and things like that. Because I think um, that, that the traditional school system really only works well for, for a small fraction of, of children actually. And so um, having a much more individualized, approach to education with accommodations for people, I think is going to be better for everyone in the long run. So I guess what as parents, like how can we approach this? Because, you know, we've said all these positive things. We've said a lot of challenging things. Like, so how can we approach that? I think one thing that's important is to, to, um, you know, besides, well, I guess, no, I'll say that first. First, I think it is important to try to help our kids understand lots of these different nuances or mm-hmm. like, you know, like if they didn't even know that dyslexia has strengths, that's important for them mm-hmm. to know, but it's also important to meet them where they're at and accept that. Like we can't force them to be cheerful no. about it. If they're at a stage where they're feeling labeled and unhappy about it, I mean, we can't, right. You can't you force know. someone to embrace yeah. an identity. I mean, if mm-hmm. they are saying, I don't want to be dyslexic, like listen to them, listen to what they're saying. Right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're obviously dealing with, with a lot of feelings and emotions around that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess maybe it just really comes back to the fact that it's a journey, right? We picked the name dyslexia journey, you know, for a reason, I think, which is that a lot of these aspects, even the identity aspect is a journey and it's, Mm -hmm. it's probably a continuing forever kind Mm -hmm. of journey. And so it's important, I think, to think of it as a process and exploration and, uh, um, and then just, and then mainly just meeting our kid, like right where they're at with it and trying to be a support, um, for them.
Right. No. So let us know what you think um, about this this concept of identity with regards to dyslexia. We'd love to know how you've handled it with your kids, um, how your kids have embraced it or not embraced it. Um, just let us know your thoughts. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>